U.S. Special Forces on the ground in Syria. Shocker Amr is a free man, and we have a 2016 presidential update. Mandatory Samson Podcast starts right now. You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Very serious. The Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you live from the heart of New York City, Stand Up New York Labs. Hello! Welcome to the program, everyone. My name is Chris Flannery. I turned 30 on Monday. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm joined by my great and good friend, Joseph Noe, who just said whatever he said I wasn't paying attention to. I wish you congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We're also being produced by the one and only little Joe Harari. What's going on, guys? Not too Man much. Man, Sam, hey, Ben. Noe? Pretty good. Feeling Thank you. good. I'm glad you're here. It's good to Looking have you. Looking good, buddy. Oh, wow. I've felt that deep in my soul. Thank you very much. Welcome to the program, everyone. Off the top, happy birthday to my mom. Aww. It's her birthday literally today as we're recording, so happy birthday to happy you. Happy birthday. Love you. Enjoy the program. Welcome to the show, everyone. We have a good one on tap today, I feel like, Joey. We're going to get into a bunch of good stuff. Nice. Topics to be discussed. You ready for this? Yes. Russian plane crash in Egypt going to be a quick hit but we're going to get into it okay u.s special forces on the ground in syria all right bit of a big deal a university of california stabbing why am i bringing that up Mm -hmm. well you'll find out in a little while we got an update on benjamin netanyahu's uh comments about the mufti of jerusalem from last week oh nice this is controversial comments about the you know the holocaust and all that stuff we we, he's got a little update on that the pentagon and pro sports teams this is a story that is very uh aggravating to me it's something i really want to cover and we covered it actually a little while ago in a different form but we're gonna get into it because there's more to that story now uh shocker armor of free man officially but we got more details about that obviously the last uh, british resident or whatever you want to call it of guantanamo bay Mm -hmm. he's out he is home we have some details on that 2016 update it'll be quick and if we have time at the end we have a uh a new space flight record nice by a united states nasa astronaut so that's something we're gonna get into whoop, whoop. yeah yeah usa gotcha yeah, usa all right perfect. usa first we have some shout outs and some emails i want to shout out sam on snapchat he sent me one he was doing a knee replacement on one screen <sighs> He was like designing a new knee and listening to the mandatory Samson podcast on the other one, which Fantastic. Uh, is bananas that, that that's going on, which is really cool. Uh, Big Country on Snapchat. He's, uh, you know, sent me snaps in the past. He loves the two hour episodes, like when we do the recap and, the oh, nice. and stuff. So I really appreciate that. Michael Hudson on Snapchat, too. I did not write. I, I know we talked. I don't remember what it was about, but I appreciate your, uh, okay. you know, sending me a message on there. It's very cool. Tamir on Twitter. What's up, dude? Uh, and then I have some emails from Kyle and Ian that we're going to read in a second. Also, Dre, who uh, I've mentioned a few times on the show, he sent an email today. I skimmed it. I didn't really have time to look at it. I'll answer you later, but I see you, buddy, and thank you for sending an email. Uh, Joey, you have a fuck-up of the week, a fun one, I think. Yes, it's a fun one. All right, so we'll get to that in a little while. And then also, you have a little bit of an update on that South by Southwest Gamergate yeah, situation. Yeah, it's a quick hit. Quick All right, hit. so we'll do that in a few minutes. Let's read these emails real quick because I really appreciate them. If you'd like to email, it's mandatorysampson at gmail.com. I read them all. 
I respond to them and, you know, sometimes we read them on the show, which is pretty cool. So this is from Kyle, who we heard from, uh, I guess, last week or the week before. He's in high school and he was saying we, you know, kind of bring stuff to his attention that he's not getting in high school. Which, which is, really is fantastic. Good. Very quick. Well, and again, fantastic for us. For us, yeah. Bad for the country, but that's fine. This is what Kyle had to say. He says, hey, again, Chris and Joey. It was awesome hearing the shout out during this week's episode. While listening, I realized that high school has probably changed a bit since you were there, and I thought I'd give you a little insight to the current high school education system, in parentheses, which, of course, is just in respect to my school. Obviously, things are different in every school. Perfect. Very cool. We used to do this with PJ. Joe, you remember, we used to ask. PJ was one of the interns that was here, mm-hmm. and now he's back at college. But we used to ask him, like, what do people your age think about XYZ? And he used to give us a little insight. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was, uh, yeah it's com- a, com- a whole new world. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, we didn't have Snapchat, Twitter. No, no. We had Sidekick by T-Mobile phones. If That's that, what we had. Yeah, I was playing Snake on a Nokia when I was in high school. So oh, yeah, I, I forgot done. you're 30. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm over the hill, dude. Uh, all right, so this is what Kyle had to say. Wait, oh, my God, I lost my place. Throughout my high school career, my teachers have never discussed, and this is like a list of shit that they've never talked about, the TPP, the 2016 presidential election, huh. Edward Snowden, Guantanamo Bay, Julian Assange, etc., these are just a few things that come to my head. I can't have a conversation. This, this is the interesting part. I can't have a conversation about any of these things with people I know since everyone I know doesn't care because we haven't been taught to care. This is an interesting point. I think it's a dangerous point. Yes. They don't want to have a conversation with this kid about topics that they weren't taught in school because I guess they deem them as things that are not important. Um, and that's that's really a big problem. There, that That, is, to me, quells critical thinking outside of what you're taught in school. Uh, little Joe, you what's up? Yeah, I remember when I was like, I don't know, 15 years old, we were playing basketball by this kid's house, and uh, I brought up Scientology. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they all thought I was like serious. Like they thought I was about it. Like like I was trying to bring it to their attention and be like, there's this, not to call it crazy, but yeah, there's a crazy like new religion that believes right. in aliens. And they all started making fun of me for believing in this i was just trying i was like no dude it's like it's crazy <laughs> right it's just, a real thing and i don't talk yeah. to any of those kids anymore you know like sure you know what so like i relate a lot to what this kid's saying like if you bring up uh the WikiLeaks and and uh uh edward snowden's like whatever he was doing sorry I'm that's okay no the uh, the leaks yeah yeah the, all the different leaks, the NSA leaks all these different weird uh facets of our po- like our political system P- kids just think we're a Tom Clancy novel, you know, just making it all up. Absolutely. Well, I think the point that he's making there is that like high school and the classes and kind of like the rubric as you go through feels quote official, you know what I mean? So if you're getting stuff that's outside of that sort of official narrative, you're just like, well, they didn't teach us. So it probably doesn't matter. He also goes on in the email to talk about how he's going to college and he's a little worried that, you know, he might not be prepared adequately to do that. I told him in the email back to, I was like, look, if you're paying attention to, these types of things that are outside of the general idea. Mm -hmm. You're listening to this podcast, not that we're like preparing people to go to college, but I mean, you're getting sort of more information than you would be getting in high school. Like he's saying, you're going to be fine. You're paying attention. And then when you get to high school, uh, get to college, excuse me, you'll have more of an opportunity to bring this stuff up and have conversations with people that are more like-minded. You're, you know? you're yeah. also preparing you're preparing people to research a different differently, you know, to go on the internet and, you know, look into these different things. Absolutely. Rather than yes. just read whatever's on the cover of the New York Post. Oh, or totally. something out of yeah. a textbook. Well, and that's the thing. The, the no one hi- reads the textbooks. <laughs> history is written by the winners, you know what I mean? But there's also... You know, there's also a lot of gray area outside that, and that's what I told him. I was like, you have to find sources that you trust. You have to understand how to get to relevant information and see the patterns develop 
throughout different aspects of government, society, and things like that. Because once you see how the system works in one aspect, you can kind of apply it to different aspects and then really understand what, what's the name what's of this kid. On. Kyle. Kyle, uh, I recommend checking out theguardian.uk. That's Absolutely. a great that's place. Get... To, that's a great place to look and totally. you know, just browse the homepage, and then sooner or later you'll start delving deeper into deeper articles, and you'll get different sources. And yeah, it's a great place to start, man. Keep uh, doing it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. D- definitely keep doing it. This is where I get a lot of. Uh, I-, I read the Guardian all the time. Mm-hmm. That's where I get a lot of it from. And then you can sort of see who's writing the articles, what journalists you like, their style, who to follow, who seems right. And then you know you kind of cultivate a collection of places that you go, and that's how I do this show. I have you know a, a lot of sources, obviously, that I go to, but. You know, they're things that I trust, and, and that's what it is. So, Kyle, thank you very much. He says, as always, keep killing it, guys. Your high school friend, Kyle. Yes, please nice. stay in touch, Kyle. We really appreciate uh, your email and a little insight from you. He also went out to say, because we were talking about how, you know, should kids have cell phones in school mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And he's like, look, we find ways to fuck around. He's oh, like, yeah. We get iPads that are issued by the school that doesn't have games on it, but everyone finds a way to do You know, yeah. there's always going to be a way to screw around in school. Yeah, we used to fold up pieces of play- paper and play football. Oh, absolutely. Paper football. Sure. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Uh, like we were saying last week, we'd write notes and what, there's always a way to screw around. So anyway, that's what Kyle had to say about it. Kyle, thank you very much. We also got an email from Ian. He says, hey, Chris and Joey. First off, I wanted to thank you guys for doing the podcast every week. You're, well, welcome. you're welcome. Yes, you're absolutely very welcome. Uh, thank you for listening. Though I am conservative and don't agree with all your opinions, listening to the pod every week opens my mind to how the quote, other half lives, which I always say that. I actually appreciate that. Not the people that agree with me. I'm like, wow, fuck you guys. I think it's really cool when people don't necessarily have the same political beliefs. Yeah, so they bring they a different s- viewpoint. Yeah, they can still listen to the show, though, and it's not like super annoying for them to hear like, you know, whatever we're talking about. He says, I am a junior at Rutgers Newark, and you might have heard that President Obama was on our campus this week to discuss prison reform, one of the few topics I agree with him on. LOL. Not sure if you guys have talked about it too much in the show. He said he started listening MSP 36. I was wondering if you guys could talk a little bit about prison reform and or your opinions about it. Thanks and keep up the great work. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate the email. I feel like we've probably gotten into prison yeah, reform have. a little bit as we talk about, you know, drug related stuff and different policing and things like that. Long story short, I mean, I I think I've probably said it on the show. I think anybody that has committed a nonviolent crime, like a victimless crime, uh, shouldn't be in jail. I, I don't think that should be any jail time at all. I think if you murder someone or you rape someone or you commit some kind of violent crime, I think the punishments should be much longer. And really, if you kill somebody or you rape somebody, I think you should just be in jail for life. I, I don't see any reason why that would be a problem. Part and parcel with that, though, you have to make sure that the the justice system is is set up correctly and set up correctly so that you're not putting people in jail for life when they haven't actually committed a crime, which... I acknowledge is obviously an issue, but I, I think violent crime should be treated very harshly and people that are nonviolent or people that are addicted to drugs or something and they, they have possession. I, I don't think there should be jail time for that at all. I think you have to be more compassionate to people like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think the aspect that he was pointing more towards too as well is the prison reform. So that way the people in prison have a way out and can rejoin society. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's a great, great point. Yes, that's definitely a huge aspect of it. People, yeah, but the way that I'm looking at it, yeah, I mean, I guess there's ways that you can commit crime that are like semi nonviolent or whatever, and you're going to end up in jail, whatever it is. Sure, people that are in jail should have an opportunity while they're there to learn to be placed in job programs Mm -hmm. on their way out and have an actual opportunity to reintegrate into society because there is that vicious cycle of. 
I can't get a job because I was in jail. So I go back to doing the thing that got me in jail to begin with. And the cycle perpetuates. However, if a lot of that has to do with like low level drug crime and stuff like that, which I don't really think you should be in jail to begin with. But I have a friend in a federal prison right now. Yeah. And uh, we, we don't, I emailed him here and there, not so frequently. Like uh, one of my other friends either have like a daily correspondence, which I do feel bad about, but regardless, <laughs> okay. um, one of the things he spoke about as in federal prison, he, uh, is it now in a, uh, a rehabilitation program? He never really had a drug problem or a drinking problem, right? But uh, he definitely did indulge a little too much, but it wasn't a problem. But now he, it, it, it even though it was something he didn't necessarily think he needed, he was like, oh no, I definitely benefited from this. Sure, you know what I mean. So like they, they are doing things in these jails and in prisons that are, you know not necessarily. You may know already know how to read. You may have your high school diploma. But they put you through these different programs that, you know, are going to better acclimate you when you get out. Absolutely. And that's a huge aspect of it. Yeah. That, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, they you're absolutely right. And that's important that, because we look, I think, in this country, a big percentage of the people in America look at prison as a punishment. But don't you think, though, that the people who did commit victimless crimes are tend, tend to be people that do have emotional issues or have people, or like you said, people with drug issues that sure. could benefit from being in prison. Yes, but maybe not a prison. See, the, the thing is, do they necessarily have to be in a prison uh, yes. environment? Not like right. a super, not a super max, but like a, an environment that, like Oz. Yes, yeah, so, well, awful. some kind of rehabilitation setup where it's maybe not exactly prison, but it's it's like, look, you obviously have a problem and you're not, working correctly in society for whatever reason that is so now let's say playing devil's advocate the new norm is these real rehabilitation centers wouldn't now we're putting all these non-violent and victimless crime people like uh, offenders into these programs wouldn't they now turn into our prison or jails like definitely just, yes but, but i'm saying wouldn't that the culture now turn into a jail and it's maybe something it's ingrained like when somebody is locked up that something happens you know when a lot of people are locked up together that like you know it's just you start to play the role that you're yeah you're, mm-hmm. you're in. like yes. this the sociology uh, the psychology behind it is you just turn into that and there's no real real way to to mitigate that yeah. factor yeah well i mean look like i'm saying in a perfect world i don't think people that didn't do something violent should be in prison to begin with in the system we currently have i think and there was a vice documentary that just came out about it where obama went to a federal prison he was interviewing people mm-hmm. that are in jail for drug crime and things like this you have to provide them hope and an opportunity to rehabilitate themselves. Granted, there's going to be people that are broken, like that that committed a real crime, that have a problem, and, and they're probably not going to get out. They're a different story. We're talking about people that probably just didn't have opportunity to begin with, and mm-hmm. that's why they ended up in a bad situation. They need to be given an opportunity to uh, learn, get their college degree, or like Joe's saying, maybe find some kind of like coping skill or get – the help that they they didn't have growing yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. And also, it's a huge issue because more than 600,000 individuals are released from state and federal prisons every year. Right, and how many people go back in? Probably, yeah. th- you know, a majority of those people probably end up going back in because they can't get a job because of criminal, you know, their criminal past. Mm-hmm. You know, Obama did actually come out, I guess, last week, uh, and he might have talked about it at Rutgers, I'm not sure, where he's going to try to to 
push back when you have to say that you have a criminal pass on a job application. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. it shows that if you do it, if you reveal that la- a little bit later in the process, not that you're hiding it, but you just reveal it a little bit later, you're much more likely to be hired. If you have to say, you know, I was in jail and yeah, you have to try front, to explain that, yeah, yeah people are just going to throw you to the bottom of the pile and that's, you know, not a good system and that's how you, it, it, it keeps going as a vicious cycle. All right. Thank you, Ian, for your email. I appreciate it. Hope we uh, answered that adequately. And, uh, you know, that's something that's probably going to come up uh, uh, again. Let's get into this Russian plane crash in Egypt real quick. There's not a ton of information about it. I'm just going to, like, bring it up as a point that, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're probably going to have to come back to eventually. Uh, A Russian passenger plane crashed in Egypt on Saturday. Uh, There is serious consideration or speculation that the cause was a bomb or some kind of external impact. Missile. Missile, potentially, sure. Metrojet Airbus A321, uh, 224 people, everybody on the plane dead. The early intelligence suggests that, you know, it was some kind of external impact. Meanwhile, the Sinai Province Group, which is an Egyptian ISIS affiliate, has allegedly made several claims to have downed the plane. Hmm. So they're out there saying, we did it, we We did did it. it. Uh, Experts say the group lacks the sophisticated surface-to-air arms required to shoot the plane down. So who knows? But it's seeming like there is a bomb and all the all the uh, evidence is pointing there. Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi said ISIS's claims were, quote, propaganda aimed at damaging Egypt's image. Fine. That's yeah. a, potentially. And Metrojet has ruled out, quote, technical fault. Hmm. So it's seeming like something obviously uh, nefarious happened there. My... Y- really out of left field speculation and I, I don't have any information about this this is just something i'm talking about mm-hmm. we talked about it a couple of weeks ago russia started attacking syrian rebels who were going after the assad regime mm-hmm. some of the missiles that they use landed in iran now if iran knows this and they retaliated in some way that could be a much much bigger crisis where russia and iran are then somehow going back and forth with each other but that's complete speculation yeah. it would make sense that isis might try to retaliate against russia because they are bombing in syria and even though yes i believe they're going after the uh, anti assad rebels they're probably fucking up some of what isis is doing there too so yeah. there, there is obviously a reason to get involved on top of that the united states should just back the fuck out of hey. there get out of there yeah the the interesting thing too is it's going to be a month or two or even longer before we actually know what happened and from my sources it says that the plane's cockpit voice reported, from your sources from my sources uh-huh. say that it was damaged so they what might have a, the cockpit was damaged the cockpit's voice recorder oh sure yeah yeah they're still looking into all that stuff uh, yeah. apparently the black box is fine but the cockpit will we caught it was supposed to be a little hazy. Right. Well, that's always the old joke. Why don't they make the whole goddamn plane out of the black box, box material? But uh, but anyway, yeah. So I just want to put that out there. Obviously, that could develop into a pretty big story. It'll be interesting to see how Russia responds, what mm-hmm. the United States does. So anyway, so I'm just putting that out there. That's something we're going to come back to. U.S. special forces in Syria. This is a big deal, I think. Yes. Less than 50 U.S. special ops forces will be deployed to Kurdish-controlled northern Syria to help coalition forces coordinate counter-ISIS efforts. This is a quick clip I have um, of Obama talking initially when they were talking about perhaps regime change Mm -hmm. in Syria to get Assad out. He made a a statement that we're going to play. We can kind of toss it about, and then that's the end of this. Uh, I just want to bring this up because this is something we want to keep our eye on uh, because it's a big development, putting troops on the ground 
Absolutely. Okay, so this is President Obama in... What, do you have something to say, Joe? Yeah, no, just uh, back to the black box thing real quick. Sure. I just wanted to point out, kind of ironic, black boxes are actually orange. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're easier to locate. Very they're interesting. They're like fluorescent. Well, I, I don't know why they can't just call them the f- orange box. Would yeah, that make yeah. a I'm lot sorry. More sense? I'm sorry to interrupt. Maybe that's why it's hard to find them. They're looking for a black box, and they're no, like, they're, well, this is this orange thing <laughs> over here, and they don't even know what it <laughs> yeah, is. they're just like, nah. <laughs> that's not it, Jerry. You know what we're talking about. Uh, all right. This is Obama in September 2013. Real quick, this is him talking about uh, Syria and boots on the ground, and then we'll uh, have a little discussion about it. You have asked... Won't this put us on a slippery slope to another war? One man wrote to me that we are still recovering from our involvement in Iraq. A veteran put it more bluntly. This nation is sick and tired of war. Could have fooled me. Seems like we love war. Seems like we're constantly at war. We're always talking about war. And we just have the biggest military in the world by like 90 times, you know. Uh Is that in the White House? That is, yeah. That's really nice. (laughs) It's a pretty good building, yeah. Joey, God, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think it's unfair to judge him on this clip. Well, let's let him finish yeah, yeah, the yeah. clip and then let we'll... Him, you paused it. <laughs> My answer is simple. I will not put American boots on the ground in Syria. Okay. I will not pursue an open-ended action like Iraq or Afghanistan. Two years ago, still there. I will not pursue a prolonged air campaign like Libya or Kosovo. We are doing that. This would be a targeted strike to achieve a clear objective, deterring the use of chemical weapons and degrading Assad's capabilities. All right. So that's the clip. Two points about that really quickly. First mm-hmm. of all, the White House has said, the re- you know, why this is not a violation of him saying we're not going to put boots on the ground because it's two different missions, which fine. Okay. I tend to, uh, fine. Technically, that is correct. However, there are actually boots on the ground now in Syria. It's not regime change. It is to support the Kurds to try to take out ISIS. Fine. It's a, you're kind of playing semantics there because there are U.S. boots on the ground. The other aspect of this is Assad did use chemical weapons, which was supposedly Obama's red line to go in and, and, and do more there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he let him cross the red line. There was obviously clear evidence that he used um, chemical weapons. We did nothing about it. Now, I'm just putting it out there because I don't want it to, you know, I don't want to be biased. I want to put the information out. Obama said one thing. He's doing a different thing now. I understand that there are certain differences there. Keep in mind, though, we have been in there for several years, and there are now less than 50 U.S. troops on the ground in Syria. My major concern is the people that we're allying ourselves with. Sure. In this case, especially with the Kurdish, because apparently they have a lot of human rights <clears throat> issues. Yes. Yes, they've recently and now again, there's there's different uh, factions of the Kurds. The Kurds in Syria, in northern Syria, who are going to deal with, they're like anti-Assad rebels. Yes, they have committed some terrible Anus. atrocities. Uh, the same way that ISIS has kind of d- done stuff like this as they go through different towns, it's not good. There's also the you know they're similar, but the Iraqi Kurds uh, in Kurdistan in Iraq. They're they're a different group, and I, I am of the mindset that we should try to help them uh, really establish a, a piece of Iraq because they're a stable, reform-minded, yes. uh, you know, more relaxed group. Moderate, maybe, is the word I'm looking for. But you're absolutely right. The Kurds in Syria are uh, – this is what we always do. We get involved in these situations, and then you're, you're forced to arm a group that you really don't know much about, and that becomes the problem. Except you know enough about them to put them on a terrorist list. Yeah, there's certain – you want to elaborate on that a little bit, or you just – throwing that out. I'm just throwing that out. Yeah, I mean, they are part, there are 
again, the the problem in the Middle East and a lot of the, these things when you get involved in these conflicts is that there's a lot of little groups tied up together. And if you support one, you're kind of default supporting other groups. And yes, some of them do more extreme stuff than the other ones. And it's very difficult to tell who's on what side and what, what their actual end game is. Um, which again is a big reason why I think going to Syria is a mess. And potentially if Russia now is getting involved, we should not be adding troops. We should be getting out of there because it's going to be Russia's problem. And again, it's going to be an, uh, a middle Eastern problem that they, they need to deal with. Got anything else to say about that? No. All right, so let's. I just wanted to bring that to everybody's attention because that's an important story, and we're gonna. That's another one we're gonna have to follow. University of California stabbing is the next thing that I have here. A male student stabbed and injured five people at the University of California Merced. I was going over the Somali last night. She was like, "You have to roll your R." Merced. Okay, you wrote uh, it. <laughs> I did it before police shot and killed him. Two victims were helicoptered to hospitals for treatment. Three were treated on campus for minor injuries. Not all of the victims were students. The stabbing started inside a classroom and continued outside. Mm-hmm. Why am I bringing all this up? Do you have any idea why I'm, I'm mentioning this? Because of the school shootings that have been occurring lately? Correct. And what happens in most of those school shootings? Do people die or live? They die. What happens here when a gun isn't involved in the, sh- in, in the incident? People live. Everybody lived. This is the exact argument. And I know it's a bit of a... You know, I'm cherry cherry picking here, cherry picking something here. No, but it's not a stretch because the argument for people that are very pro gun and we need to have more guns on campus. Well, this is exactly the situation when there isn't a gun on campus. None of the students had guns that got involved in this incident. The, The attacker had a knife. Everyone lived. The cops were the only ones with the guns. They showed up. They shot the guy. That's the difference. So we can quibble in the abstract about, oh, if there was more guns, there's like... There was no gun here by the assailant. Everyone lived. That's the difference. Did the perpetrator perpetrator did he uh did he die? Yes, the yeah, cops came. The they killed him. He's the only one that died in the incident. So did he have did they find out his motives or what anything about him? No, nope, I, I don't know. I mean, that's stuff that's gonna come out over time. That's another aspect of it. I like that you even brought that up because usually when the school shootings take place, guy shows up, kills a bunch of people. Yeah. Now we're sifting through all the stuff. We're trying to find his mm-hmm. motives. We this don't even g- care now. He just, yeah. Right. He's done. He didn't kill anybody. He failed. He's a loser. That's the end. No one in critical condition, just minor wounds. Three people had enough that they were treated on campus. So That's they like went to like, the yeah, student like a, center, yeah. you know, and then two other people had to go to the hospital to be treated, but they're going to live. Yeah. But the point is, it shouldn't be happening. Of course not. But if it's going to be happening, the question is not that, you know, like if, if so, we, we acknowledge that this is going to happen, I think sometimes because of whatever mental health issues that we have in this country, different stuff like that. If it's going to happen, let's not let the crazy person have a gun, and like a huge arsenal. That. They show up with a knife. People live. That's why I wanted to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, yes, this is a very, you know, this is a specific story, but I think it just shows you kind of what we've been talking about, uh, right? I mean, it's yes. a good example. One thing I did uh, read, though, one of the um, people interviewed, Alex Lopez, oh, his you comment. son of a bitch. Yeah, good, good. Was I was listening to a podcast, and there was a break in talking, and I just hear a gunshot. 
Yes, I'm glad you brought, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I had that quote. Samsonites, listen to me. I don't wish you be involved in any kind of uh, problematic situation or witness anything that's traumatic. If you happen to be like on a campus or, or somewhere where there's a shooting and you're uninjured, just say you were listening to a podcast and name drop the mandatory Samson podcast if you can. Yeah, just name drop a little. I, I noticed that exact same thing and I was like, yeah. great. It's too bad he wasn't listening to our podcast. It would have been a little free publicity, but whatever may you never be involved in anything dangerous well, I'm, I'm, conf- I'm confused what happened this guy alex lopez who was one of the guys that was quoted in the article he was saying he was like i was listening to a podcast and there was a break in talking and i heard a gunshot in the background it's really crazy i'm saying name that podcast you know oh, yeah, you want to hear what that was absolutely yeah. and i ideally it'd be the mandatory samson podcast but why would know. there be a gunshot in the background of the mandatory samson podcast no no, no. he was on campus, oh he was on campus listening to a podcast and he heard this incident go down Oh, here the stabbing. That's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, it is crazy. So anyway, I'm just keep that in mind, guys. If you ever interviewed on the news or whatever, and you you are listening to a podcast, yeah, name just, drop it. Just say it's the man. Man, Sam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you could even do that. And then say my Twitter, say Joey's Twitter right now. Um, all right. Any any other thoughts on that, Joey? Or we pretty much covered it. I, I think we covered that. You get what I'm saying, though. Yes. You know, you disagree with me, though. I. It's. The lesser of two evils. We we had somebody who had issues who went around and hurt other individuals, and the only silver lining is the fact that it was a knife and not a gun. Absolutely, but that's a huge silver lining. It's the difference between five people injured and five, five people, people dead. dead. That's the that's the difference. Um, all right. So I have this. Oh, by the way, as somebody commented, I don't know if you went on the SoundCloud to to answer it, but somebody said Joey. It seems like Joey kind of leans to the right a little bit. I think it's only when. <laughs> Uh, certain individuals deserve the limelight and uh-huh. I get to comment on how awesome that Th- is. That's pretty much what I was thinking and I think I commented something to that extent where it's like, look, we're watching a Republican debate so Joey's just going to agree with certain Republicans. Then we're watching a Democratic debate he's going to agree with them. Joey, yeah. uh, Joey, Joey likes to, he's a front runner, Joey. So if we're talking about something like that, that's what he's going to do. I don't like to call it a front runner. I uh-huh. like to call it sticking with winners. Wow. Okay. Well, that doesn't make any sense because most of those Republicans are going to lose, if not all of them. Here's the other thing. I think you tend, I think you are a little more conservative than I am, though. Yes. You know, you tend to be more of a traditional guy, which is fine. I understand that. You should come out with your Republican views more often, Joey. I think people would appreciate it. I will uh, map them up one day. Maybe I'll sit down and come up with a, a great why don't you write platform. a little? Why don't you write a little? Yeah, perfect. A policy paper, a little bit of a Joey yeah, Nelly platform. Paper. All right, that's, that's something you're going to work on. Do you know anyone who can help me with that? No, you can do it. You're uh, I can smart do enough it. to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there like a special formation, special like Why don't you just go look at how double front? Oh, whatever. Go look at how some of the candidates have it on their websites. And maybe you come up with some of your policies, uh, you yeah. know, in regards to the same Just stuff. do it like every time I try to write a resume. Just Google it and <laughs> Google format it. <laughs> it after that. That's exactly okay. right. Um, all right. So I got an update on this. Uh, obviously, we had Netanyahu's comments from last week mm-hmm. about the Mufti of Jerusalem. More than a week after making claims that the Mufti of Jerusalem at the time convinced Hitler to exterminate the Jews by burning them, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has retra- retracted his claim. Kind of. I have his quote How here. Are you kind of? Well, I'll tell you. I totally believe this. You totally believe yeah, what? Yeah, 100%. What? That the the Mufti of Jerusalem at the time and Hitler are buddies. And well, they, they definitely had a meeting. That's historically yeah. accurate. But then the like two very like noted historians from Yad Vashem were like, no, it's not true. Like Hitler already had the final solution in mind. Like, Hand is the name. What that's what Yad Vashem means. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Jewish trivia. Wow. Uh, 
All right, this is Netanyahu in a Facebook post. He goes, my remarks were intended to illustrate the murderous approach of the Mufti to the Jews in his lengthy contacts with the Nazi leadership. Contrary to the impression that was created, I did not mean to claim that in his conversation with Hitler in November 41, the Mufti convinced him to adopt the final solution. The Nazis decided that by themselves. The interpretation of my remarks as though I absolved the Nazis of even one ounce of responsibility for the Holocaust is absurd. Fine, I'll give them that. I, you know, he was trying to also, you know, put it on a Palestinian. Okay, fine. But then he continues. It was important for me to point out uh, that even before World War II, it was the Mufti who propagated the big lie that the Jews intend to destroy the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Uh, this lie lives on and continues to exact a price in blood. So he kind he says, mm-hmm. "Look, I wasn't saying that, but you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't fun. know what upsets me more: the fact that he's still making comments about it." Or the fact that he posted it on Facebook and it's actually a real um, story, I guess. Well, it's fine. I mean, that's a where real he, the, a pres- like it's a real press release. Like he just press released it out to Facebook. Yeah, well, that's how he does it. I mean, I don't really have a problem with that. Like as long as he's putting out a statement, you know, he can put it out wherever he wants. I, that's a lot of Israelis use Facebook, man. That's probably. I mean, that's yeah, probably know, the case, right? It's still. probably just the easiest way yeah. to reach everybody. But anyway, okay. So I just wanted to give a little update on that, and that's fine. Yeah, we, but we you know. The Mufti and uh, Adolf were just, you know, having a couple drinks, and uh, Hitler was just like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, this is what I'm up to." You know, yeah, and, I don't like, know what like, oh, to do great, with these guys. No, he's like, "Yeah, it's a great idea." You know, like a hundred percent. He wasn't keeping it to himself. He was proud of what he was doing. I'm sure he was. the 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 main point, though, is that is that Netanyahu came out last week and was like, Hitler was just going to kick the Jews out of Germany, no, he wasn't. and that the Mufti was the one that was like, burn them. Yeah, and it's like I, that's not what happened. Yeah, but probably fine. not like that. But there was it's definitely not. talk of killing Jews at oh, that. For sure, I'm sure. I'm sure that was a very powwow. common uh, common conversation. Absolutely. Do you think that was the first thing they talked about or the last thing they talked about? I don't know, probably yeah. talking about each other. Like, how's, how's the Ava? Flight? How's yeah. Ava doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So. Listen to this. So this is a story that we covered in MSP 31. It was a New NJ.com story about the NFL, the Jets, and the National Guard. Yes. There was payments coming from the National Guard to the hometown heroes. The Jets and different sports teams where they were paying them to have these hometown heroes tributes to military and stuff at games, which is aggravating. Uh, this story gets even bigger now because the U.S. Department of Defense spent as much as $6.8 million in taxpayer money over the last four years to honor the military at games and events. According to a report put out by Arizona Senators John McCain and Jeff Flake, uh, they began looking into the Department of Defense's like involvement with all this spending after that NewJersey.com report. Mm-hmm. 72 of 122 sports contracts analyzed contained, quote, paid patriotism items, taxpayer money in exchange for tributes like the NFL's salute to service, like you said, first pitches, puck drops, anthems, etc. The NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, MLS, and NASCAR uh, had 50 teams that were involved in this type of stuff. In 2014, the National Guard requested more than uh, more money from Congress to fill a $100 million budget shortfall. Meanwhile, they're spending millions of dollars to sports teams to have these contracts to have military members go and be honored at the games. You got any quick thoughts on that, Joey? Because that shit drives me crazy. And again, we covered it in MSP 31, but now it's becoming more of a thing because it's in the Senate. I don't see it that much of... I, I don't see it as big of an issue as you do. Well, I, if, because I think at the end of the day, if if the taxpayer money wasn't used 
then these individuals wouldn't have been honored. And they should have, should definitely be honored. Fine. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true that they should be honored. They shouldn't be honored. I, I don't think they have to be honored. Yes, it's nice that these people go over and they're getting limbs blown off and they're getting killed and all this shit. But the way that they're doing it in, in, in this is that they're advert. The reason they're doing it and what's like really gross about it is it makes the NFL look like, you know, in other sports leagues, but they're talking mm-hmm. about the NFL. 18 of the teams were involved in this type of stuff. It's making them look like they give a shit about the troops. It's just a it's just a gesture that they can do. Meanwhile, they're getting paid for it. And the reason why the DOD is doing it is not because they think that these people should be honored. They're doing it as sort of like an advertisement of like, marketing l- yeah, look at the great shit that's being done. I find that disgusting. And also, not the people that are uninjured coming back from, uh, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan or wherever they are shouldn't you know, receive a, you know, a positive welcome and be mm-hmm. treated well when they come back. But they're not showing people that lost limbs or got traumatic brain injuries or things like this. They're showing people that can run out waving the flag. It's a commercial that they're trying to put on. They're not showing the people that come back profoundly uh, disfigured and mentally damaged and all this stuff. That's the problem. That is the, a bad it, point. It's yes. not a real tribute. It's a bullshit paid patriotism like they're talking about which is really disgusting to me and it it it's you know it's just another it's the same way when we made up false reasons to go to war to begin with they're just coming up with false reasons to to promote the troops at games and make everybody feel good and we'll sing the national anthem but the reality is you, you're not presenting it in a realistic way that's really what frustrates me about it and it's a waste of it's seven million dollars that they have to pay these if you really want to do something make them do it be like here Give them an entire section. Let's have an entire division of the you know military mm-hmm. come back and go to the games. It's just a fucked up thing. It disgusts me, and I feel like it's something that we really. I, I wanted to talk about it, and we'll see where this goes. But it's fucking. It's gross to me. So, how would you get more national teams to be more supportive of the heroes? Then, or do you feel that they shouldn't even be doing it because it's just a marketing campaign? Well, I mean, to an extent, first of all, I hate when I see like military commercials online and st- or on TV and anything like that. Like, I hate the fact that they have advertising budgets. It's disgusting. If you can't figure out that you want to join the military or it's like, a, you know, a, a resort, you know, something that you have to resort to because you, you have lack of other options, like, then f- you shouldn't be trying to trick people into going where they sign them up and they're like, you can be an artist because you went to the military. Like, no, you're going to end up in a bad situation. You might end up in Syria one day or Iraq, Afghanistan. And it's not this like picture that they're trying to paint. That's number one. Number two, if the, if, if teams want to have military members go there, you know, they want to sponsor them and have them go to the game just to have fun, honor them on the field. Fine. But certainly not when they're being paid to do that. It should only be a gesture of goodwill and support because that's the image they're putting out there. They do it with breast cancer and all this stuff. The NFL makes a lot of money off that shit. They're giving a small percentage of all the pink merchandise that they sell. A very small percentage of that is going to charities, I believe. I'm just saying. Uh, so it, it falls along the same line. It just it puts a false patriotism in the in the limelight and i just disagree with it i just think it's a bad thing to do certainly let military members go to games for free give them give them stuff that's fine i have no Mm -hmm. problem with that but not when it's being used as a way to promote how much we care about the troops you don't it's false patriotism and it's disgusting that's just how i feel about it nicely said well thanks joey i appreciate it um all right I, i mean i think we covered that we'll keep our eye on it good job by john mccain and jeff flake uh Staying on top of that, we'll see where that yes. goes. But, you know, I mean, the cat's kind of out of out of the bag at this point. They're probably just going to change the policy a little bit and, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with it. 
Shocker Amr, who we've been talking about uh, quite a bit over the last few weeks, uh, anticipating that he would be released from Guantanamo Bay. After 14 years there, he is home, excuse me, home in England. The 48-year-old is reunited with his wife uh, and four children, one of whom he met for the first time, his youngest daughter. He's never met her. Wow. So he's meeting her for the first time, which is... You know what's mind-blowing? Coming home and saying, hi, I'm your father, and you've never even... She's never even seen you. Oh, absolutely. She hasn't seen you. She hasn't had any relationship with you, nothing. And that's supposed to be the daughter's father? That must be incredibly traumatic. Oh, totally. I mean, we're going to get into, I have a forensic psychiatrist, some of her quotes and some uh-huh. some other stuff that I want to get into just to kind of put a bow on that because there's going to be more stuff coming out, yeah. obviously, about Shock Armor. But to your point, this guy, Philip Hodson, who's a psychotherapist and patron of the West London Center for Counseling, he said, this is a quote from him about uh, exactly the situation you're talking about. You are a stranger and you return. And while they welcome your return, it will cause a lot of grief. Don't expect what you imagine to be a joyous reunion, to be a bundle of fun. It has got its dark side and its drawbacks. Nothing is wholly good. Things are always mixed. Each family is a secret unto itself, which is, it's you know, it's, it's stark reality, but that is the truth. Like, like you're saying, right, this guy shows up that you've been hearing about for, you know, your whole life if you're this little girl. And now you just have to accept him because the other three know him. You know, it's been a while since they've mm-hmm. seen him, obviously, but they have relationships with him at least. So, yeah, it's going to put a lot of strain on the situation. It's going to put strain on him that he's going to feel very guilty about the fact that he hasn't been there, even though it's yeah. not his fault at all. Uh, he was very, he faces years of therapy, and I have quotes in the email that mm-hmm. we're going to get into. He was very fearful on the plane home from Guantanamo. He didn't eat or drink anything for fear that they'd spike it with something. He even still on the plane after he's out of Guantanamo Bay. Thought that they were after him. Thought that they were going to kill him. Many of his supporters speculate that his detention, despite being cleared for release, was due to the fact that he's an English speaker who could serve as, as an effective witness against people that were torturing him while he was at Guantanamo. Oh, things like okay. that. So that, that obviously is going to play out. They also say that in his time, he's going to, you know, obviously testify and put out a lot of the stuff that happened there. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of quotes. This is Dr. Emily Karam, who's a forensic psychiatrist. She says, in my experience and based on the medical literature, PTSD patients with presentations similar to Mr. Amr require years of medication treatment and often require lifelong medication administration. With respect to psychotherapy, PTSD is most effectively treated by a combination of cognitive behavioral therapy, skills-based therapies, and supportive psychotherapy. If the patient has a family, marital and family therapy is also required. So you're talking, I mean, you're talking Mm -hmm. hours a week where this guy's going to have to be going through this. Gotcha. I also hear that uh, MDMA is very uh, effective against uh, PTSD. Yes, they're looking into a lot of that stuff, uh, you know, psilocybin studies and different stuff like that. You're talking MDMA is like ecstasy, whatever, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like this is going to no, be no, what no, he's no, going I'm just saying. Just no, absolutely, but it, it, it heals the brain in different ways that, but this guy No, is, this guy has been a prisoner, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's huge, huge issues Trip here. naked, shot with a watering hose, waterboarded, who knows what they did to him. Oh, well, we, I have a quote here that we're going to talk about. Mr. Palmer experiences prolonged psychological distress and uh, physiologic reactivity on exposure to reminders of trauma. 
He feels irritable, sad, angry, hopeless, and helpless on exposure to these reminders. He was vig- visibly agitated when discussing trauma material. Mr. Amr is fearful of using the toilet because the opportunity to do so is routinely withheld from him during interrogations. He associates his ongoing painful urinary retention, constipation, and efforts to relieve himself with memories of being interrogated. So That's even horrible. It's horrific what we did to this person. The, the basic functions are... remind him of the trauma that he went through Mm -hmm. and he's going to have a very very difficult if not almost impossible uh, you know time trying to reintegrate society it's going to be a big yeah imagine he's like stuck in traffic he has to pee what that's gonna oh but i mean like something so so mundane like that happened when that happens to me i feel like i'm being tortured of course now this guy is going to be a constant reminder of being locked in a hellhole totally and even i mean even the idea of him driving like that that's going to be a stressful situation yeah, absolutely where, you know yeah. it's, it's not even going to work out probably he has angry outbursts. this is all dr emily karam talking she says he has angry outbursts which he was trying to better control and feels guilty about not parenting his children he experiences chronic initial middle and terminal insomnia he has impaired concentration and memory hyper vigilance and exaggerated startle response so this guy's got like many layer many after layer after layer after layer uh, I have a quote from Shocker Armor where he's talking about this is not re- recent where he's talking about this it was over the years where he's mm-hmm. talking about some of the treatment and then we can just kind of move on from it but I you know I think it's important to have this in mind that this is something again that was done to an innocent man mm-hmm. who's held without charge for 14 years he's been cleared for release for seven eight years never met his youngest daughter this is something that we did in the name of what safety where Carly Fiorina and people like the Cheneys and all these people think that Guantanamo Bay should stay open. Even even uh, Republicans in the Senate or whatever that passed the bill recently that we talked about where they, they bar people from being sent home yeah. and all this stuff. It's like, what are, what are we doing? Well, this is the legacy that we want to leave behind. And like Obama said, this is material that people use to recruit other terrorists. Absolutely. And I'm saying other terrorists. Shocker Armour is not a terrorist. He's wrongly. But just, yeah. You know, but they, they use this as material to be like, look what the Americans do. And it's undeniable. This is what we do. This is Shocker Armour. I was not a human being anymore. I meant nothing to them. I lost my dignity, my pride. I had to take off my underwear and hand it to them. I had sleep deprivation for 11 days. That made me crazy. They poured cold water on me. They kept me standing for 20 hours a day. I had to hold my arm, hands and arms out. I would plead with captors to torture me in the old way. Here they destroy people mentally and physically without leaving marks. That to me is damning. Mm-hmm. And I hope the people that are responsible for this are punished fairly i don't think these people should be tortured again this eye for an eye stuff is wrong that's not what the United there's States not going to be any punishment no probably not because they're following orders and mm-hmm. it seems like we've established uh, since 9-11 a course in this country where look if we can make up a case that that this is uh, necessary you're going to be fine you're going to have immunity and it's not going to be a problem but i think that for this guy his life is ruined yes. you know no, no matter what semblance of life he's going to get back here He's never going to be right, you know, really right and feel comfortable in his life. Um, and it's disgusting. And I think that, that there, people need to be held to account for that. Best case scenario here, I think, close Guantanamo Bay and let's try to make sure that this stuff, not try to make sure, let's make sure this never happens, happens again. again. And hopefully he, he can play a part in that, uh, you know, as time goes on. But I just want to put that out there. That's like a little bow on it. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'll keep my eye, obviously, on how things are going here. But that that's pretty much what I had to say about it. You have anything? Uh, yeah, it, it, it it must be really interesting to finally be free and not have to be called prisoner 239 anymore. Yeah, which was one of his big fears that he was just going to not respond to his own name or daddy or anything like that. The problem is, like what he's talking about here, while his body is not 
locked away his mind is mm-hmm. you know and that that's really that's what's fucked up about you know the physical pain is one thing physical pain heals you know what i mean mm-hmm. they they're going to be able to get him to a place physically probably where he's going to be okay he's going to be messed up physically and is probably going to take years off his life the problem is it's very difficult to get out of the mental prison that they've created around this guy where they're talking about hypervigilance you think he's ever just going to be sitting in a chair relaxing with his feet up no he's going to be sitting in the chair and then in moments of quiet waiting for someone to come and get yeah him. who's going to come grab him are they going to come back and get me what is going to happen they're going to force feed me they're going to do all this like that stuff is going to come back and it's going to be very very difficult to quiet that mind and that's the stuff that came out in the senate torture report too or torturing people at bagram air force base and all this stuff it's fucked up what we did and it it takes a special kind of psycho to think that this is the type of stuff that we need to do because it does how could you possibly think that this guy the shocker armor guy say he was guilty of something mm-hmm. say he had real important information that we needed to stop a crime how do you think that doing this type of stuff to him is going to produce real credible intelligence it wouldn't he, he would just tell you whatever you wanted to hear to get out of it right he's begging to be tortured in the other way because it was felt better or whatever mm-hmm. than the, the like that's the thing and you can we can use this guy as the prime example of why this stuff doesn't work and why it's uh, detrimental to national security and detrimental to the moral fiber of this country. That's a, that's a real problem. And I think this guy really uh, embodies it. And I hope, you know, obviously I wish him well and I hope that, um, you know, we get more good news than bad news about him in the future, mm-hmm. but we'll just have to see what happens. Hey, you know what? Yes. You didn't do this Gamergate update. I'm so sorry. Would it's you like right. to get to that? Yeah, we can do that right now for you. All right, because we have a 2016 uh, presidential update. We also had another like Snowden thing that we'll see how much time we have. Maybe I'll, I cut it out of the rundown. L- let me say this. I was going to mm-hmm. save this for next week, but I feel like as we're rolling along here, we might as well bring it up. Stand Up New York Labs and a company called Digital Media are now uh, in a partnership, So, mm-hmm. which is great for the studio. It's going to mean a lot of improvements, a lot of uh, different opportunities for different shows and things like that, and it's terrific. They have some ideas. Uh, these guys are like super professional. They've been involved in a lot of, you know, big companies, a lot of radio background and things mm-hmm. like this. So they have a lot of ideas about how to improve the shows a little bit. There will be some changes to the shows. And one of the changes is that they'd like us to do shorter episodes. Okay. You could maybe do two episodes a week as opposed to doing one really long one. So there's all stuff that's going to be worked out. And obviously I work here and also have a podcast. So I'm kind of privy to this stuff and things will be happening. So I'm just trying to keep in mind to do a little bit of a shorter episode mm-hmm. maybe this week. Try to keep it tight, but they're, you know, it'll be implemented over time. The content is not going to change. The format might change a little bit, but you you guys are still going to be getting, you know, we're still going to be doing the show and yeah. everything will be fine. So I'm just I'm just putting that out there as a reason why maybe this feels like a little bit of a shorter episode. Try to keep that in mind to, you know, to, to work it in. But it, but yeah. adjust exactly is the right word I'm looking for. But everything's going to be cool, and we'll see how it goes over time. I'm very excited about it. I think it's going to be I great. am, too. Um, all right, Joey. Let's get into the uh, let's do the South by Southwest Gamergate update. Yes. I'm very excited about it. So on October 30th, the South by Southwest Festival admitted they made a mistake canceling the two panels. Yeah, Save of point, course. a discussion on the gamer community, and level up overcoming harassment in games. <laughs> to rectify this... Uh, to. To rectify it, the festival will be having an all-day summit on March 12th. All right. Where they're going to be special guest speakers. Do you want to take a guess who the special guest speakers are? I mean, I'm hoping Zoe Quinn. No. Or Circassian. Anna Circassian. Or is it Anna Circassian? It is not. I'm going to name some names, and you're going to try to give me some background on these individuals. <laughs> All right. If you good. can. Good. First one is from the great state of Texas, Senator 
Wendy Davis. Oh, inter- really? Okay, yes. I guess that's interesting. Sure, she fights for like women's you know right. issues. And, Does anyone remember her claim to fame? Yes, yeah, she opposed the uh, the uh, like abortion stuff and yes. Planned Parenthood in Texas. Uh, so. The anonymous bill in 2013. How long did she filibuster for? Uh, t- 17 hours, 18 hours, something? The correct answer was 12 hours. 12 hours, okay, pretty good. Okay, next one. U.S. Representative Kathleen Clark from Massachusetts. Any idea? No, I'm not sure who she is. She's she's a little famous because she's been writing in Congress and tries to have the FBI crack down on cyberstalking and online harassment. So she's been around in that area. She also published a co-ed in the... The, the Hill, which I don't know what that is. It's a it's a magazine, like a uh, you know, it's an online thing. The Hill. Yes. Like, um, yeah. But virtually, what she published was uh, sexism in cyberspace. Okay. Uh, did you know that there? I, li- is... I like that. As I like right before, right after I said, like we're trying to get through episodes quicker. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah let yeah. me let me stretch I'm out stretch a little this. bit here. And slow down. No, I'm yeah, stretch go it out. Uh, do you know there's 2.5 million episodes of harassment and cyberstalking every year? Yeah, I'm sure there is. There's billions of people online. Yeah. Yes. Facebook gets a billion people a day. If there's only two point whatever issues like that, that's, I don't know. We probably don't have time to get into like a full conversation about mm-hmm. this, but the way that I feel about this stuff is, look, I think we've talked about it before. I don't want to see people harassed and really targeted for violence and, and feel like they can't live their lives in a, you know, a normal way without a threat mm-hmm. upon them. I'm also very sensitive about the idea of like not censoring the internet and letting, you know, letting it kind of play out as it goes. Yes. I'm in, I'm in favor of people that are that are really threatening somebody a credible threat. They they shouldn't be allowed to do mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I'm also a big free speech advocate, and I think that you know the conversation needs to be able to to happen. Yes. You know? Just there's two more people I won't get into it, but okay. the other one is Soroa Chimney. She's yeah. a feminist. I'm sure writer. that is exactly. How I don't know how to. Yeah. Hey, I'm trying. No, you're doing. And the other one is Monica Bickhart. She is the head of product policy for Facebook. Okay. Oh, interesting. There you go. Just brought up Facebook. Now, do they have anybody from the other side? Do they have the uh, the gamer people coming? Uh, The only one they mentioned. She doesn't know if she's going to do it. Uh, yet was the one that I mentioned last week that I forgot her name. Okay, so it's somebody that defends the the other side of this uh, this equation. Yeah, she was going to be on the original panel. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, they should. I mean, look, if they're going to find that they're going to do that, but they're they are they should have both people there, and they should just have a you know some kind of an all day conversation because that's mm-hmm. really how you're going to solve these issues. All right, so look, stay on top of that because yes. I'd like to maybe know what it goes on at that Gamergate thing. I feel like we're getting pretty goddamn close to figuring out what's going on with Gamergate. Can I just point something out real uh-huh. quick? A little Joe Just Harari, a small little it. thing. Um, you guys heard of the Assassin's Creed franchise? Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, one behind that is named, there's a person behind that, her name's Jade Raymond. Okay. It's a woman. Cool name. Uh-huh. And she kickstarted one of the biggest franchises in video game history. Just what I'm saying. That's it. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the, that's the, I get what you're so saying, there's no but, there, but there's evidence. But, but that's the same thing when people go like, "Look, Obama's president is a racism dead." It's like, well, okay, but I understand. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a big deal that she was a woman. It was a big deal that a, a good game was coming out. Yeah, I a understand. Great sure. Game. I mean, look, there, there's there's two sides to everything, and I think, I think it's I think it's reasonable to to assume though that there are lower level people. There's always going to be somebody that's able to rise. You know, the cream of the crop is going to rise eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. 
but there is definitely something to be said that there are like lower level people like zoe quinn who whatever maybe got a little her game sucks depression quest sucks depression quest does suck but you know what it's not good it's not it's not a fun game it's not for me but you know what what do i give a shit if she got a little shine over it and got good reviews who cares you know what i mean she doesn't deserve yeah, like, i don't, I don't I, personally stuff. i don't care people thought it was right. good whatever but the game sucks that's all i'm saying all right fair okay. enough Dude, that's good my job. review right. <laughs> <laughs> this has been little joe rary talks games thank you bud i appreciate it um joey yes what do you think should we get into the 2016 update end with the fuck up of the week yeah let's let's end with that all right 2016 update it's a pretty good one today for the second time since october dr ben carson leads a poll for the gop nomination and she he leads it big 29 to 23 over donald trump this is an nbc news wall street journal poll what do you think about that mr carson is uh leading the pack Reading uh, the pack. It's stunning. I have a. We're going to close this segment with a Ben Carson quote about pyramids that I just. Uh, before oh, you so, do that, so I, good. One thing that I thought was interesting about sure. all this was a CBS New Yorker poll that they did last week. Yeah, found that seven in ten Republican voters still don't even know who they're voting for. Right, and that's what that's a problem. T- it's not a problem. It's a pro- yes. It, it, it's not a problem generally, but it's a problem specifically for Carson, Trump, people like that. Because even though the polls seem like they're in the lead, the reason why seven and ten, if if six of those ten all are like, you know what, let's vote for Rubio, he was going to win. So that's that's what I'm talking about. Like it sounds good a year, you know, months before you have to to actually vote, and then like a year before you're actually really going to vote for somebody for the presidency. It sounds good to say, yeah, I support Trump. They're just poll numbers. And mm-hmm. that's exact. That's a great point you bring up. Seven out of 10 are undecided. Yes. So that's, a, that's a big percentage. And if four of them are, you know, 40% or 50% break for, you know, Either Rubio or whatever. Well, right. I mean, if they break for Carson or Trump, then terrific. But I don't think that's how it's going to play out. Meanwhile, Donald Trump's hosting SNL this weekend. So that's got to be the end of his campaign officially, right? But NBC canceled The Apprentice. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, they're not going to miss this ratings bonanza. It's going to be spectacular. All right, Marco Rubio post debate is in third place now in uh, three. He's risen to third in three new polls post debate. That's how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Two in New Hampshire, one national, and he raised one million dollars in the three days following the debate. So Rubio, again, I didn't think was a spectacular performance. He looked good comparatively, and you thought he did a really nice job. That was sort of the media meme as well. So he's doing well. He's pulled into third with 11% of the vote. Cruz is at 10%. Bush is at 8%. So even as badly as Bush is doing, he's still hanging in there. So we'll see what happens. I think Bush is done. And did you hear about the PowerPoint presentation? Mm-mm. Apparently, there was a memo that he needed to attack Rubio or certain backers oh, yeah, wanted yeah, to attack that, Rubio. Yes. I also yes. heard it was full of the uh, race car sound effects and funny transitions. <laughs> yeah, it like dissolve. I, can't, I, can't, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> no. I could totally imagine that. Like, he was just like, oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, somebody probably put it together for him. Yeah. Look, I think the Rubio Bush stuff, I think this is just for now. We'll see what happens. They're they're buddies. And I think Bush Mm -hmm. is going to be involved in a Rubio presidency probably at some point. Unless he's ruined his campaign to a point where he's so toxic that it looks like a bad choice to pick him. I think Bush and Rubio are are still a likely likely duo. Did he talk about uh, Bush's Supergirl comment? No, you can bring it up. Go oh, ahead. yeah, yeah. So they, uh, during one of these, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was a, a debate, but during one of these public uh, speak forums. Yeah, it where, wasn't at the debate. but Yeah, uh, they asked uh, Jeb who his favorite superhero was. And he was like, um, I was working out this morning. I saw a commercial for uh, Supergirl. She's hot. 
Supergirl. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And people got mad at him for being like, for saying she's hot instead of being like, she flies really fast. It's like, oh my God. No, but like, the guy but, can't just make an offhanded remark. It's like, no, nope. like, that's the one thing you're not, come on, you can't, like, especially now, you're not supposed to be like, yeah, I like that character because she's hot. She is hot. That's yeah, why I'm with you. That's why she's on TV. You know, I'm with you. That's why this. she's there. Like, well, come on. Of course she's hot. Besides, the last surviving daughter of Krypton what if, obviously has to be hot. What if he said Storm? Yeah, I like Storm because she's hot. Everybody would be ecstatic. Why? Who? Why? What, Halle why? Barry. Oh, yeah, because it's black, like speaking yeah. about black character. Sure. I mean, it strategically probably would have been better better move, right? Or is there a Mexican superhero? That would have been even <laughs> even better. Speedy Gonzalez? Speedy Gonzalez? I don't That's know. That's a cartoon character, not a superhero. He's still a, an icon? Yeah. Uh, in any event, yeah, look. I mean, also the other... The, she's not there entirely because... I forget what her name is. Michelle... Benoit or something I don't know her name is. but in any event she's not only there because she's hot but part of the reason she's there is because she's hot right she's a good actor she was in uh, the drum movie Whiplash Drumline? she was in Whiplash, oh, Whiplash. She was in I was going to Drumline yeah doesn't matter she played Marley on Glee I watched Glee it's fine uh, I really enjoyed it it's a fun how show. many seasons was she there for two two three two? maybe yeah it doesn't matter anyway okay whatever so <laughs> Je- yeah Jeb Bush is a sexist misogynist and he should not be watching Supergirl at all he should be focusing how to fix the middle class of this country and run the country absolutely you agree with me meanwhile rnc chairman reince priebus and several reince priebus is that the stupidest worst name of all time that's a little bit priebus reince priebus several candidates complained about quote mean-spirited debate questions by cnbc it's kind of died down now there was some talk that they were going to like try to change the debate format they had a letter going around Mm -hmm. that they were all going to sign some of them backed out of it whatever so christie actually was like I don't care. They can ask me all the questions they want. If I don't like it, I'll just shoot it down. Look, you know? it's it's very simple. You 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 make a sheet. You put ten questions on it. Everyone can chop it around, take a look at it. Are these questions acceptable? You're running for the highest uh, position it, in the land. It's and if these ten questions are okay, we're, we're going to ask you these no, it's ten pathetic. questions. Stop whining about the debate questions that they're mean spirited. These are the same. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, you know, take responsibility, Republicans. Now they're going to complain like well, we don't like the questions that Becky Quick asked us. She's mean. Like ah, you. Really? These are the same people tough-talking Putin. I'll, I'll go, Carly Fiorina, I'll go over there and, and I will call Mr. Putin on the first day in office and I'll kick him in the dick through the telephone. Like, And then she's going to complain that she can't. You know, it's like, just relax. It's enough. Fundraising disclosures revealed this month. This is interesting. Show lobbyists... Mm-hmm. We we know this already, but this is just like it comes out. Fundraising disclosures revealed this month show that lobbyists for media companies are raising big money for quote establishment candidates, particularly Hillary Clinton. Top fundraisers are lobbyists who serve the parent companies of CNN and MSNBC. National Association of Broadcasters has lobbyists fundraising for Hillary Rodham Clinton and Marco Rubio. Mm, that's well, interesting. Well, listen, here's why it's inter- obviously it's interesting for a number of reasons, but here's the main one. Most of the expected $5 billion that's going to be spent. Say that again. $5 billion mm. that's going to be spent during the 2016, uh, you know, <laughs> campaign on cable and network news ads. They're hustling money to themselves. That's yeah. what they're doing. They're lobbying people to give more money to candidates so those candidates have more money to spend on advertising dollars, which goes right back into their pocket. Yeah, that's how you do it. It's, you, called, it's called business. Oh, it's so insidious it's and disgusting. And how do we think that that's... Meanwhile, it's very telling that it's going to Clinton and Rubio. What have we been talking about this whole time? It's going to be Clinton and Rubio, probably. Yes. You know, Rubio is a factor. Uh, what else I got? Okay, so the, I lo- we can close with this, Ben. That, that's all I got. You got anything? To, any thoughts about this or what? Uh, it's, it's just not a shocking 
It, None we, of it shocking to you? We, we, we've been talking about it for a while now. Oh, I'm sorry, Joey. Let's just, you know what? Let's just wrap up the show. No, I'm just fucking with you. Little Joe, God. All right, nothing. <laughs> say, say it into the mic. Oh, I just want to hear Joey's fuck up of the week. Oh, we're going to oh, get wow. to it. I just, okay. want to, I just want to get to this Ben Carson uh, quote. Oh, yeah, that too. I want. I, uh, I heard it, but yeah, it's great. It's so good. Ben Carson, this is him talking about pyramids. Now, why is the front runner of the Republican Party talking about pyramids? Who knows? They asked him a question and he answered well, it. Well, why did, why did they ask him? Because they know that the answer is going to be like, well, here's something crazy. Yes. Ben Carson says, my own personal theory is that Joseph built the pyramids to store grain. Now, the Joseph he's talking about is Jesus' dad, Joseph. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's the other Joseph. Joseph, uh, son of Abraham. Uh, yeah, uh, Jacob, son of Jacob. Is that right? Yeah, I thought the one, just, you know, there's 12 tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel. You never oh, is that who he's talking so about? So one of them is the, he has the second he youngest is Joseph. He was uh, ousted by his brothers. He was sent to Egypt. He got... He was like, uh, he was thrown in prison, got out of prison, became the king's right hand, and then oh. he rose to be uh, uh, a figure that helped uh, save them during a famine. I went to yeshiva, everyone, and I don't believe in this. <laughs> they're, they're just interesting stories. Uh, Question for you. He had the color coat, right? Yeah, tec- the Technicolor, technicolor coat, coat guy. Okay, yeah, so it's, jo- had a coat. Oh, it's Joseph with the coat, yeah. not Joseph with, so the, with the Christ. In the, in the Old Testament, they talk about how he was able to uh, uh, ration and conserve uh, grains. And you know, oh, okay. survive right. them so through a famine. And well, that's you know what? what? That changes about. everything. So I think he's right now. <laughs> that changes the entire Except game. Except the fact that there's mummies inside of there. Well, hold on. Yeah. We're going to get to that. Okay. okay. They protect the grain. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's what they're there for. There's Noxuna Moon. That uh, is my grain. Now, all the archaeologists, this is Carson. All right. So, it's my own personal theory is that Joseph, apparently with the Technicolor coat, thought the pyramids built the pyramids to store grain. Now, all the archaeologists think that they were made for the Pharaoh's graves. But you know something? To store that grain would have to be something awfully big if you stop and think about it. Is that a crazy – he's so insane that he's saying like, look, the pyramids are huge and they need a shitload of grain. So obviously that they go hand in hand. Uh, silos. So, well, sure. So grain silos. Exactly. And when you look at the way that the pyramids are made with many chambers that are hermetically sealed, they'd have to be that way for various reasons and various – and various scientists have said, well, you know, there were alien beings that came down and they have special knowledge and that's how. You know, it doesn't require an alien being when God is with you. Ben Carson thinks that the official scientific reason why, how the pyramids got built was that aliens came down. That no, sounds like it. This guy is simultaneously brilliant and positively insane at the same time. It is stunning. It's amazing. Every week we, we, we find another thing where this guy's just really good at one thing and really fucking crazy at another thing. Yes. And it's just amazing to me. Like, what is he even, why is he even talking about this? They asked him a question. That's, How did that's he the, build it? He thinks Joseph, what, single-handedly built the pyramids to store grain in because God is with him? And he had a coat. I guess the coat does factor in. Well, all right. So anyway, so that's Ben Carson. That's our 2016 update. Whatever. We're going to stay on top of it. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Maybe well, this guy will be think, president. God willing. I think what he's trying to say is that when Joseph was building the grain silo, somebody held a knife to him and he was like, come on, guys, let's rush them together. <laughs> That's probably right. Yeah. Gun to his head. He was like, come on, everyone. We, can we got to build this, build this. Silo yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. He's supposed to be like a brain expert, like a neuroscientist. Or yeah, something. Apparently being able to operate on brains and understanding uh, how they surgeon. work doesn't mean that you're able to use your own to a, to a high level. Uh, all right, Joey, let's, uh, let's do your fuck up of the week and then we'll close with this Ash nothing and we'll, we'll move on. Okay. So the fuck up of the week was entitled 
Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Okay. You okay. named it that? No. This girl, uh, Shante, posted a picture of herself <laughs> with uh, Chantel, right? No, no, I'm laughing at you. Oh, okay. Po- uh, po- posted a picture of herself with a winning ticket from a horse betting race. Okay. Somebody on Facebook took that said ticket. Stole the ball code and cashed it in. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I love that so much. How much was it for? Nine hundred dollars. Nine hundred dollars. Okay. The reason why I like this is a. It's not enough money that would have changed her life. It's just nice that she would have had that nine hundred dollars. Then also somebody teaches her a little bit of a lesson, but it's not bad enough that it's gonna like ruin anything. Other than like, hey, maybe don't post your winning tickets online because yes. people could just print them. And get Quit the bragging. Yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. Or cover the barcode at or, least. Or uh, how about get it cash checked in immediately? That's right, and then post the and picture. Then take the picture. Have it and have your money in hand. Absolutely, yeah. sure. Great, all great points. Uh, Joey, the quote which uh, she has now because of this to the low life who is obviously my friend on Facebook and used my photo to claim our winnings. You're a massive dick. You ruined my day. Yeah, see, ruined my day, not my life. And that's why I think it's a fun fuck-up of the week. It's not uh, the worst thing that ever happened, but sure, it's certainly annoying. And obviously, the police are looking into it, so they might even be able to recoup the money and give it to its rightful owner. Yeah, why not just give her $900? Just figure it out. I'm sure there's not Like, they could be like, well, we understand that wasn't your, you know. They could, they it could was make a mistake. It right. Yeah, it's a big, uh, you know, it's a little mistake, which I think is why mm-hmm. it's fun. Good fuck-up of the week. That's a good one. Nice. Uh, Mark Kelly... Set sp- uh, space flight record. NASA astronauts set the record for longest single flight by a U.S. astronaut last Thursday by being in space for 216 days. It's now at, obviously, 223 days because that was a week ago. He also holds the record for cumulative days, 396. That's a, Jesus, that's a long time in space. He's part of a twin study with fellow retired astronaut Scott Kelly, who's the husband of uh, Arizona Congresswoman Gabby Giffords, who was shot in the head in that tragic uh, incident small world well it's not a split well yeah i don't know does that qualify as a small world I don't yeah know. that's a pretty small world that's two small world. twin astronauts one's married to yeah yeah a small world. i got shot well it's I interesting because so. he retired so he could help take care mm-hmm. of her and you know make sure that everything was good Ruined there his dream of space travel i don't know if the the other the brother uh has been, scott has been in space i'm not sure i think he probably has been they in said space. twin astronaut Right, but it doesn't. It, there's a lot of astronauts that don't end up going to space. That's bullshit. That's. The, I'm pretty sure. He's I'm saying no. Are you saying it's bullshit that it's not no, true? No, you can't give him the. Cool. T- you can't give him the title astronaut. You're not an astronaut if you've never been in space. How dare you? You know what? Just like, no, these, no. These you're are not America's an astronaut if you never went to space. So what do they? What do you want to call? You're them? training to be an astronaut. So you want to call them astronauts in training? Yeah, trainonauts. All right. All right. Fine. Astronaut. They're an AIT. All right, we could do that. Fine, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to accept that. Okay, you're right. You know it's what? It's like, They're... are you a counselor or were you a CIT? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. So AIT, I believe, Scott Kelly... Uh, <laughs> The reason why they're both involved in this in this study, obviously, is because they're twins. So it's, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's very rare to have twin one astronaut, one AIT. It's it's interesting <laughs> to have them there because one of them can go into space. They can measure his, uh, you know, how the, the other effect, one is on Earth. The other one's on Earth, so it really works out perfect. Congratulations to Mark Kelly for setting a uh, his uh, yeah, personal record. Yeah, pretty cool. Record. He has like almost a, a, a cumulative year in space. Longer than a cumulative. He's got yeah, yeah. 396. Th- oh, right, but he's going to be in space for a year straight. Yeah. But oh, he's, he's well over for, a He's year. going for a year. Yes. Where is, is he on, like, on a, a space station right he's now? He's on the International Space Station. Oh, yes. cool, cool, cool. Does anyone want to take a guess what the lo- uh, the uh, the longest a period of time in space an individual has spent this back to 1995. Yes, I'd love to know, Joey. Okay, I love that this extra research you've been doing lately. It's very impressive. Valerie 
Polkloff returned to Earth after spending 430 days space aboard the Mio space station in 1995. She's Russian. Yeah. yeah, he's a cosmonaut. Is it she or he? It's a he. He's, a he. he's gonna guess it was a she because it's Valerie. I but said that's, Valerie. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very common uh, Russian name. Anyway, well, whatever. You know, we're not gonna acknowledge that. This is a wow. USA podcast. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. Um, you know, I also I'd encourage you guys follow the ISS on Instagram and follow uh, Mark it. Kelly. It's awesome. He's always posting pictures of like, look, I'm over Italy, and it's just very, huh. very strange to see uh, to see the Earth from that distance. Mm-hmm. It must be just overwhelming to see that. Photoshop. It's not real. Yeah, deep inside the rabbit hole. <laughs> Go check it out. Uh, anyway, all right. So I think we did a good job there, Joe. You got anything else to say here? No, I don't. All right, uh, little Joe Harari. Any final thoughts or? Uh, no, just check me out on Instagram at Ferris McFly. I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, Joe does a lot of work with these. He does a lot of videos where he does like little mashups and things. Yeah, like that. they're, they're very just cool. weird. If you're having a bored day, just check it out. I think it'll put a smile on your face. Ferris underscore McFly. Yeah, but if you just do Ferris McFly, it'll come up. It'll pop right up. Thank you for the production work. We really oh, appreciate dude, it. I really appreciate it. Love on. having you here. It's great. Uh, Joey, people can go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. They can follow us on there, subscribe, leave a comment even on the track. And we respond to all those. Isn't that correct? Yes, we do. You can also go to youtube.com slash mandatory Samson. I put up all the full episode videos because all this is being filmed while we're sitting here. Uh, so you go to youtube.com slash mandatory Samson, subscribe on there leave comments there i'll answer them too there's also a playlist called labs live stream where you can go check out the show live every thursday at four o'clock that's when we record email us mandatory samson at gmail.com uh i respond to all of them in a pretty timely fashion i feel like and sometimes i read them on the uh the program so that's you great. read two today yeah i mean they're great well because the emails are great i appreciate the feedback and it really like contributes to the conversation yes it does so it's terrific twitter i'm at man samp joey is at man Samp. oh no <laughs> i'm at man samp joey's also at man samp just follow that one account yes it's joey from josie with a z that's correct uh it's also on instagram snapchat you can find us all over although your instagram is double r yeah i messed that oh uh, okay. can i just say one quick thing i read online sure uh this year alone there was about six human shot by their dogs <laughs> just saying really where's that even coming from the internet how many humans were stabbed by dogs yeah i believe zero and there you go yeah. proves my point perfect way to wrap the show up thank you everyone for listening to the program we'll be back next week and successive weeks and we love you guys oh we're also gonna have to talk about like thanksgiving and, and oh, christmas okay. eve and stuff like that because i think it falls on a thursday and we yeah. might we simply might not be recording episodes those i'm weeks around before. though all right, little Joe claims that he will be here for the uh, production work, so we'll figure it out, but I'm just putting it out there a little ahead of time. We love you guys very much. We appreciate all the support. Keep supporting us. Spread the word. Share it on Facebook. Do whatever you want. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.